Welcome to another edition of the Mexican Soccer Show. This is a podcast dedicated to all things Mexican football. I am Wiso Vasquez, your host for today. With me, Mr. Tom Marshall. You know him, Mr. Mexico World Cup, who is not in Mexico City today. He's not in Guadalajara. He's not in LA. He's not in Dallas. He's not in a city where usually Mexico is playing. He's in Portland, Oregon. Tom, welcome to the pod. What are you doing in Portland? Just checking out the scene, you know what I mean? Yeah. Checking out a new scene. Yeah, I've got a uh, wearing a monocle. Got um <laughs> I just put loads of tattoos on my arms, grown a mustache. And um yeah, seem to be fitting in. Nice, nice, <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, definitely uh, take take pictures so it didn't happen, Tom. Tom is uh is <laughs> is doing a story up up there and um working hard uh, up in Portland. So interesting to see what's gonna come out of Portland, so we'll curious yeah. there. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, just a quick little trip um, here, Portland, and then going to San Jose as well um, in midweek, the Bay Area where uh, where our interviewee is from today, Jonathan Gonzalez. So, looking mm-hmm. forward to to mm-hmm. listening to his chat. But um, but yeah, and then obviously back back in Mexico City for for the big one next Saturday, uh, the Clásico Nacional. Clásico Nacional. All right. Well, guys, we're going to jump right into this pod. It's a special podcast today with the Mexican Soccer Show. We normally don't do this. We got a chance. Well, I got a chance to interview Mr. Jonathan Gonzalez. You know him, uh, player in Monterrey, over 70 caps, you know, for the beginning of this season with Monterrey, definitely a starter. And then obviously uh, an injury now in Liga MX. He's actually got a chance to start again over the weekend. And, um, you know, we, uh, we got a chance to talk to him today regarding lots of different topics. And we're going to do things a little bit differently. Tom and I have, uh, have decided to let you guys obviously listen to the full interview that we have. And you've kind of seen Jonathan Gonzalez do the rounds on some of the articles. I know Cesar Hernandez uh, and also uh, John Arnold had had some articles with him. But you got a chance to talk to us and asking about all different types of um questions that he definitely answered and gave us gave us some time from his you know what he's doing today with Monterrey and he wants to you know obviously come back to, to start an 11 uh the Olympics the Tata's tenure uh right now and into an amazing topic that I know we're going to discuss Tom which is his uh his choosing Mexico over the United States that happened last year um so I think it's a it's an interesting interview and a time where there's a lot of Mexican players that are, are Mexican American players that are going to be looking to see where they're going to choose if it's Mexico or the United States and why. But uh, good, it's good to have a, a player on the Mexican Sox. What do you think? Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, no, it's an interesting topic, and obviously, Jonathan, he got you know his profile absolutely soared. Um, firstly, because he started playing in the Monterrey first team, mm-hmm. and we all know how difficult you know that is to get into as a as a teenager. Um, doesn't matter where you're from it's just a very very difficult team to break um, coming up through the youth system as well and then obviously you know making that decision pre-World Cup about uh, to play for Mexico um, instead of the United States but yeah no good interview Um, I think that there's some really interesting things about why he switched over his kind of family's influence as well so uh, so yeah check it out and then and then we'll be back um, to discuss it right after Yep. All right, guys. We'll listen uh, in right now. The, this is Jonathan Gonzalez and myself talking about his experiences, and we're going to jump right back on. Okay. Well, today we have an honor, a special Mexican soccer show. 
Here we have Mr. Jonathan Gonzalez, the player for Monterrey in Liga MX, and also part of the Mexican national team. John, Jonathan, it is an honor to have you on the Mexican Soccer Show. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing good. Thank you guys for having me here. Well, good, good. We'll uh, just jump right in and ask you some questions. Um, you know, going to start off. Obviously, the situation in Monterrey um, with your, your minutes and the, and the time that you're getting this season, not ideal. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about what's going on? I know there's some injuries, and congratulations, you're back. Obviously, we saw you some play over the weekend uh, in Puebla, but uh, can you tell us what's what's going on with Monterrey? Um, yeah, uh, these past few uh, weeks have been a little bit difficult. Um, I've had, I think it was uh, one injury that, kept me off the field for about two weeks around it. But um, besides that, I think I've been uh, getting fit, doing well, and, and I'm just glad to be uh, back on the field again and, and hoping to see more minutes this, this season. As far as, you know, you, you start over 70 games uh, before with Monterrey, before this season, is there anything Diego Alonso is telling you to need, you know, that you need to do to get back on the team? Um, To be honest, I... Uh, I don't think that we uh, have talked that much uh, in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think uh, I know what to do to to get back on the field. But I mean, uh, the the competition is is very tough, and I mean, um, I think there's uh, much I can do to to get back on the field. So yeah, and I mean. Uh, <laughs> Speaking one on one with Diego, uh, I I don't think I've I've done that so often, but yeah. Yeah, and I mean, you just like you're saying, like work hard and keep continuing to be match fit and everything. Um, just switching with as far as you know the U22s where you're going with that. How is how's it going with with the coaching with with Jaime Lozano, and how he sees you playing? Um, yeah, it's been uh, very well. This is uh, probably something new to me i mean this cycle is is for the for the olympics so uh, i'm really looking forward to uh, so these camps that are coming up and and i'm hoping that um everything goes well and and i'll be there in, in japan yeah and how uh, i mean the olympics is one of the high marks of, of mexican soccer if you look back you know the Olympic Olympics with the, with that generation that won how important is it to you to get on that roster and ultimately how important would it be to to, you know, finally, you know, medal, and, and especially with soccer and how close it is to you. Yeah, I mean, that's probably um, a, a really, really big step. I think I'd say probably one step um, below the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's always an honor to, to represent my country, and, and I'm really hoping that uh, I could be on that final roster. And I mean, um, there's not much to do, much, not much to do than to keep working and, and to keep um, doing things well here at the club and, and hoping for that for that call-up. Oh, great. Yeah, man. We would love to see you there, the talent that you have. Um, have you talked to Tata at all? Um, I know that you have you train at you know, the mini camps and you're looking over to see the games that are coming up against uh, in Tobago. Um, but as far as these mini cycles, you know, can you tell us if you, you had a conversation with Tata on what the future is going with you, or as far as you can tell us, you know, as far as the training and how that is with with Tata Martino? Um, 
to be honest, uh, I really haven't had that much conversations with Tata. Mm-hmm. Um, really short, short conversations. But I mean, uh, I can tell you that he's a really good guy. Um, he's a very tactical coach. Um, and I mean, I think that everybody knows what he's capable of and, and what he's done and all the experience he has. But um, yeah, I think this is a great opportunity for me to grow as a as a person and, and most importantly as a as a player. So yeah. Good. Uh, switching it over to, you know, obviously the Mexican American talk, which is, and I'm sure in the interviews that you've been doing, this is the highlight question. Uh, first, love to ask you, um, do you think you're going to see more Mexican American players um, in both teams, right? Playing in the coming years? What was that? I'm sorry. Do you think you will see more Mexican American players playing in Mexico and the United States coming in the in in, in the near future? Um, yeah, no doubt. I mean, uh, I think that um, both leagues have been um, growing a lot these last few years. Um, I mean, seeing how the MLS has grown these last few years is something uh, really impressive. And to be honest, here playing in La Liga Mekis, I think that the league is, is very competitive. And, and I'm just glad to see that um, that the leagues are getting much better. And, yeah, I think that um, a lot of young guys have big decisions to make uh, if it's going to be um, MLS or, or Liga Mekis. But, I mean, I'm glad to see that both are, are doing very well. You know, you, you mentioned the young guys like Efrain Alvarez, Ledesma, Ulises Llanes, Alex Mendez. These are guys that are, are about to make decisions to, you know, to play either for Mexico or the United States. Jonathan, you know, I, I read and you've said before in interviews this is one of the biggest decisions that you had. Can you take us a little bit through of what that decision meant and ultimately uh, you why you chose to play for Mexico over the U.S.? Um, yeah, I mean, that decision, that, like how you said, is probably one of the, the most difficult decisions I've had to make. Um, I mean, it was a, a lot of uh, thinking, a lot of time um, speaking with my parents uh, to see what was best for me, for my future. And, and yeah, I mean, uh, I think that uh, what mostly led me to, to choose Mexico was was seeing the development and and all that they have had to offer me. I mean, I feel like I could develop um, a lot as a player over here in Mexico, mm-hmm. and and I feel like uh, the national team uh, here in in Mexico is is seen very well all over the world, and and I'm just hoping uh, to keep getting called up and, and doing things well. You said, and I like to take you back. You said, you know, you talk to your family. Um, you know, we see Mexican-Americans, right? And obviously our family, our fathers and mothers who are very hardcore Mexican. I mean, when you look at uh, some of the parents saying, you know what, my kid, yo quiero que juegue para México. Was, you know, would, if you would have chosen mm-hmm. the United States, not that they would be upset or anything, but on the family, you know, how, how did that feel if that could have been something? And I'm sure you have supportive parents, but, you know, that's also a part of the decision, though. I mean, all the tradition and all that the, that they bring in, your dad, your mom, your family, I mean... Um, how was that part of, of, of making a decision? Um, yeah, no doubt. I think that uh, also had a a big impact on, on why I chose Mexico. I felt like um, seeing my family's background, um, 
pretty much my whole family is Mexican, and I feel like uh, it was something that I that I had to do. I mean, it just felt like it was the right decision, and and I felt like um, me being uh, home pretty much over here in Mexico. So yeah, I feel like um, that was something that I had to do, and, and I'm just glad that I made that decision. Yeah, and I'm um, actually you were in the in some of the under I think 14s and under 17s with the United States. You did suit up. Um, so uh, apparently, you know, you you were wanting to to either play for for the national team or you were, or were you still just kind of considering on who calls me at this time because Mexico wasn't calling and the U.S. did and then when you made it available Mexico did call was that if Mexico did not call was that going to be your trajectory to to keep with the United States um yeah I mean that was something that really I'd say um disappointed me yeah um I mean I'd probably say that the lack of communication was something that um, influenced my decision, but I mean, uh, I think the major, uh, decision why I did it was because I feel like I could develop, uh, mm-hmm. more as a, a player and, and get seen all over the world with the Mexican national team. So yeah, um, like how I said, it was a tough decision and, and I felt like I made the right one. Well, um, we're glad you made a decision. I got a chance to, to be with you in your first game, and obviously you met millions of people, but uh, I went up there and shook your hand. I think it was after the game, and it was definitely uh, something that I said I have it on video. It's on a personal note, but uh, Jonathan, what okay. um, wh- what advice, right? So you have these guys, right, that I mentioned, Ledesma, Efrain, Ulises, Alex. What advice do you want to give them as far as this choice and how big it is? Um, when it comes to choosing a national team uh, that you could give them? Um, yeah, I'd probably say that. Uh, just follow your heart. I mean, but mostly um, see for your future. I mean, uh, this is something that is a good a good problem. Yeah. Um, I mean that uh, they have to mostly see for the future. And, and I mean, this is just for for whatever's best for them. I mean, um, as a soccer player, I think you always try to to find the the place where you can develop and always get better. And I mean, uh, I'd probably just say just go for what your heart says and and try to see the best for your future. You know that you you, you mentioned that you know go for your heart and and all that, but obviously, you know you 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 set out to to play for a national team. On the other side, of the U.S. You know, like you said, the, the the communication wasn't there. Do you think there was a reason why there wasn't the communication? Because the talent was there, or is it just they they are not running a system on the youth level the way that you know other national teams are doing? Like you slipped through the cracks, or was it something else? Do you think? Um. Yeah, I'd probably say it was just uh, mostly that. I mean, um, in my case, I really didn't uh, like how I said. See the the interest you could say, or, or see how um, they try to communicate with me. But yeah, I mean, hopefully um, that this doesn't happen in the future. And if uh, they have the talent to really pay attention to them and and give them the the time and and the respect that they need. But yeah, I mean, just hoping that this doesn't uh, happen again. And yeah. Okay. Okay, good. 
Uh, switching it over to Sonia Alianza, you know, um, 2013 was where you were the class of 2013 winner of the winners and obviously the scouts of Monterrey. Um, tell me a about the, the program and, and how you believe in it. You're an ambassador this year. Um, and it's, you know, from what I know, it's a chance of the kids to, to be a part of their dreams of playing a professional soccer and it happened to you. Um, how important is Alianza, um, you know, the, the Alianza Sueño National Showcase to you and, and how you see the development of, of Mexican-Americans in the United States? Yeah, I mean, I think that obviously Sueño Alianza is probably the reason why I'm, I'm a professional soccer player right now. I mean, I'm very glad for what it, for everything that they did for me and, and what they're doing for all the young guys coming in. Um, I'm sure that this is an opportunity that much kids are, are not going to have. Um, so, I mean, I really hope that they take advantage of this opportunity. And, and I mean, I'm really glad to see Alianza um, stepping out and helping all those uh, young guys who uh, don't have an opportunity to, to demonstrate what they're capable of doing. And, yeah, just uh, give them an opportunity to go pro. You say they don't have the opportunity. Why don't you think that... The- the kids don't have the opportunity like other kids. You know, there's a huge talk about development in for, for kids growing up. And then there's these programs like this, that right, the showcase of Latinos, the showcase Mexican-Americans especially. But when you say they don't have the uh, the opportunity to to be a part of this, what do you, why do you think that is? Um, I'd probably say, well, like how it was in my case, uh, I was pretty far away from uh, an academy or from a professional team, but yeah, I mean, most of the people in the U.S. Um, usually don't have opportunities like this to, to demonstrate and to hopefully uh, go pro. So I mean, I probably see that the distance or the or the interest is, is sometimes the reason why that um, they don't have those opportunities. So yeah, I'm just glad to see that. Um, Day by day, there there are more opportunities for young guys that have the talent but um, don't have the the tools to to get the professional team. Yeah, we, and, and there's that talk, right? There's the pay to play; it's expensive. The you, kids have to go through and find academies, and you know now you have someone something like the the Osasuna Lanza to to give that. So it's it's also a great program. I I read recently that there's these kids that are coming up to you and asking for advice, and not too long ago. You were the one asking for advice. How's that transition from you seeking advice and looking at the players above you and now being that person at such a young age, man? Yeah, I mean, it's something uh, really different. I mean, like how you said um, not too long ago, I was asking for a lot of advice from my teammates, from uh, a lot of a lot of people. And, and now that I see that young guys are coming to me for advice is something uh, truly honorable. I mean... I'm really glad that um, they're capable of speaking up and, and wanting to get better or wanting to, to, to ask for advice. So, yeah, I mean, it's just uh, something uh, new and, and different to me. So, yeah, I'm just glad to see how everything has developed. Great. And then lastly, you are, uh, you know, I've read that, you know, winning Conca Champions and being a part of that team is, is definitely a, a dream for you in, in that level. And now, you know, you might be able to face Liverpool. Um, how, how are you feeling about that facing against you know, one of the best European teams out there right now and that level of play and knowing that, 
you know, six years ago, you're you're a kid in, in California, um, and could be facing the best defenders in the world. Yeah, I mean that's uh, probably I'd say a, a dream come true. I mean, uh, my goal is always to go to Europe and get that experience. And, and now that I have that opportunity, is is honestly a once in a lifetime uh, opportunity. I'm I'm glad to see that. Um, things have been going really well, and, and I mean, I'm just hoping that uh, I get some some minutes in, and, and I'm there to, to play against those world class defenders and, and world class teams. Well, great, Jonathan. Um, I know your time is valuable, man, and just want to thank you again for taking the time to talk with us here at the Mexican Soccer Show. We've been following uh, your career from the from the very beginning, from you know coming in and 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 all of that, and specifically because. You know, you speak English, and uh, we're a, we're a, we're we're a medium that we're here in the United States for uh, all the Mexicans, Americans, for all the Latinos that are here that like to get their information in English, and just want to thank you uh, for being a part of it. Anything else that you like to say to to your fans, to specifically Mexican Americans that are in the United States that look at your team, look at your your life, look at your what you have accomplished? Anything to the fans? out there that, that uh, are kind of just looking at you of, of, of pointing at, hey, if he can do it, you know, I know I know I can or I can, we can accomplish something big. Yeah, I mean, I'd just like to say that I'm really grateful for all the people that have helped me in, in all this process. And, and I'm, I'm sure that dreams come true because I was not too long ago a, a young guy with dreams and aspirations of coming pro. And, and now that I'm, I'm here, I mean, I see that uh, everybody's capable of doing it with a lot of hard work and dedication. So yeah, I'm just uh, wishing them the best of luck and, and hope that everything goes, goes well. Perfect, perfect. All right. Um, well, guys, this has uh, been a great honor to interview Mr. Jonathan Gonzalez. Uh, if you want more information about the Sueño Alianza, um, we're putting up all, all the information on this. And if you're thinking about there having a uh, somebody that wants to be a part of it, definitely take take uh, take some time to read it. It's just like you're saying, in Jonathan Case is a dream come true for someone someone like to be playing in great leagues. Uh, Jonathan, once again, thank you very much uh, for being a part of it, and we'll hopefully talk to you soon, and we'll continue to look at your career, and you're anytime you're welcome to come back on the show on the Mexican Soccer Show, sir. And we're back. The Mexican Soccer Show, you just listened to myself and Mr. Jonathan Gonzalez. Tom, uh I thought it was a great interview. Um, the questions he was answering, I think he was honest answering the questions. What, what's your first impression? No, yeah, I mean, Jonathan, I think I've spoken to him a, a few times over over the last few years, and, you know, he's very level-headed. You know, I think mm-hmm. he's a smart kid. I don't think he I don't think he loves doing the interviews, you know what I mean? I don't think he's, yeah. you know, he's not one of those who just, like, laps it up. He's just, you know, I think he prefers to do his talking on on the field, just one of those players who who's kind of a bit lower key, but um, but yeah, no, there is some interesting things. I mean, um, first of all, it was interesting to me that he doesn't say go go for Mexico. Mm. You know what I mean? When you think about it, it's like he's a Mexican international now, and you think you know if you ask someone like Borghetti, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like who, who should a Mexican American kid play for? But get to, you know, he's going to come out and go, ah, Mexico, 100%. Why wouldn't they? You know what I mean? But I think Jonathan's answer, I don't know, I think it really gave some insight into what a lot of the dual national players 
where the minds are at. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that's, that might sound like a generalization, but you know, in my, in my experience, you know, covering dual national players, Mexican, US, you know, for a number of years now, I don't know, it's different than the dual national fan. You know what I mean? I think the dual national Mexican American fan in massive, massive majority will always go for Mexico and want the Mexican American kids to go for Mexico as well. I think that's pretty natural, no? Um, but I think when it comes to the players, when they when they get into that professional environment, when they step in there, when they know they're looking at the career, five years, ten years, where where's the career going to take them? And I think when they get into that environment, when you've got your agent behind you, where you've got the club, you know, giving you advice as well, and then obviously you've got your family in the background, but you know you've got this kind of, I don't know. I think I know Jonathan says you know decide with your heart, but I think a lot of these a lot of these players are deciding with their heads. And I think that they're, they're, they're trying to decide what's best for the career. Yeah. You know, where did we, in which one do they fit best? The other thing Jonathan said, you know, and I hundred percent agree with him is that this is, it's a blessing to, to be able to play for two. You know what I mean? It's like a lot of the time it's seen as this kind of black and white kind of like, I don't know. There's a lot of kind of negativity. Or mm-hmm. It's a good problem hate. to have. You said, yeah, it's a good problem to have. Exactly. Um, and so, you know, I think that's the way you got to look at it. But, um, but yeah, no, I think, I think he, yeah, I think it's it's something that's gonna we're gonna see uh, more and more of us, as he said as well. Yeah, it was interesting to me how you know he wasn't afraid to say what went wrong with why he didn't play for the U.S. And you're seeing it all over Twitter, right? You put Jonathan Gonzalez in the search on Twitter, and it's a lot of U.S. fans saying another person, right? All these other. Uh, players that are coming through and that Mexico kind of snags supposedly or um, kind of takes away from the United States team. And, I, you know, I, it, it kind of goes on both sides, right? Are there players – I can't think of a player that were like, man, it, he went to play for the U.S. and he would have done great with Mexico. Um, but I, the fact that he said that the, one of the reasons and main reasons why he didn't keep playing with the United States was, because, was a lack of communication, and I kind of reiterated again. I asked him again. So it was because they didn't follow you, or there was they didn't contact you. And he said, "Yeah." And I almost said it wasn't even the talent because he was in U14s, he was in U17s, and then when he expressed interest in Mexico and Mexico came calling, it was the U.S. not really answering and you know showing him. So that just kind of shows, um, yeah. you know, it shows that Mexican Americans coming up, you know, are not being looked at and even from I don't know I don't know about that I don't know about that in this particular case I'm not sure because they knew all about him you know what I mean it's not like I'm not sure he fell through the cracks I just don't think they they kind of looked after him the way they should but I don't know and and I don't know enough about the the you know US soccer because I know US soccer aren't happy when Jonathan has come out before and said you know they didn't they didn't contact me they didn't do you know that kind of thing and I think that I don't I don't know I'm guessing here, but from the U.S. soccer point of view, I think the feeling is that if you want to play for for us, you have to really really want to play for us, you know. And we shouldn't have to be calling you and saying, "Oh, how are you doing? Are you okay?" You know what I mean? It's like if we come in and we call you, it's like a privilege and honor to play for the United States, which is which is fine if you you know a kid from you know Ohio and and you know. Yeah. American born and raised and parents American grandparents great grandparents for the from the United States it's like well that kid has got no option apart from to wait for that call but I think when it comes to dual nationals it's like um you know 
that it's different because you've got another side who, you know, you've got a player, you know, making first team appearances for Monterrey as a teenager. Naturally, the FMF are going to do everything they can to yeah. persuade the player. I mean, you know, Dennis De Clossi, who was the, you know, the sporting director of the federation at the time, he's not doing his job if he's not going seeking out that player. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I mean, he says that, and then you get like, you know, William Yarbrough's story where you're playing for Leon and, and then all of a sudden, you know, there was that, that talk and it, it's the United States grabbed captain, played, and then, you know, where is he now? Like, there are players where the United States jump on it and want to cap him and, and you know, and, and have that. So it was, it was just kind of odd how, how he said, you know, yeah, I guess, you know, the communication that, that wasn't there. And it kind of just shows, was was he really not that good enough? Um but, you know, you're yeah, they, I mean, they have, they have got some good players as well at, at kind of Jonathan's age in midfield. Yeah. Um, you know, but you know, you know, at the same time, you can't. I mean, what it's a phone call. You know what I mean? You should be you should be talking to these players, anyways, yeah. for me. But um, but yeah, no. But I mean, obviously, when that door becomes opened, um, you know, Mexico Mexico can obviously step in, and you know, maybe with Led Zimmer, I think he was saying the other day. Um, He's playing over in the Netherlands that, and he's doing amazingly well, I think. Um, but you know, he was saying the other day that he wouldn't completely shut the door to to Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Efrain Alvarez, uh, Galaxy. You know, it looks like he's going to be one of the main players in the Under Seventeens World Cup. Um, you know, I went I went to LA a few weeks ago, and you know, it's just fascinating. I mean, this this kid's like only just turned. Was he sixteen or something or seventeen? I think he's still sixteen. Um, but I mean, this is a kid who, you know, he's playing for the for the US. Then something happened. There's an incident that happened, and he didn't like how he was treated or his, some of his teammates. Mm-hmm. Which um, he said publicly. Yeah, which he said publicly. He's not said exactly what it was, um, but you know, something happened. So, but th- but this is this is just normal. You know what I mean? But then then he comes back to LA, and then next thing you know, Juan Carlos Ortega. He was then, I think, coordinated for Mexican national youth teams. Turns up at his house in East LA. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like literally turns up in his house. And then the way Efrain Alvarez told me was like, you know, he was there in his like his boxes, having asleep in his mum and dad's room. And then he he kind of wanders out there. And then you know Ortega's there talking to his dad and saying, "Hey, do you want to come to Mexico?" And then Efrain told me that. You know, he was half asleep, and he went, "Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, <laughs> we'll go down there." So, so I mean, you know, th- this is this is the reality. I think it's going to happen. You know, obviously more as players, you know, as more Mexican players, Mexican American players come through. Um, I think that the scouting in the U.S. is getting better. Um, I don't think obviously there at the level it needs to be at right at, at, at the minute, but it's getting, you know, it's, it is getting better, and um, yeah, it's a it's um it's a battleground, and it's you know, it's amazing how how much um, like Nico Carrera the other day, the other week a couple of weeks ago he decided to play for the US for, at the under 17s World Cup um, and, and and again it's like you're not seeing these kids you know Jonathan's probably the the guy who said more, most against the other if you know what I mean yeah like he's kind of criticised the United States for not not being in communication and um, but you know other 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 kids keep the doors open I mean Efrain Alvarez was just like you know. You know, he sat down with Greg Berhalter, you know, and, and Berhalter has said to him, look, you know, we've got Pulisic here, we've got this guy here, you know, we see you fitting in this position. You know what I mean? And and, and they've really tried to sell 
the US to him. Um, and so, you know, it's just, it just is what it is. You know, and Tata's been in contact with um, Guillermo Barrochilotto. I mean, you know, there's a lot going on behind the gra- background and that's only Efrain Alvarez. So, you know, it's, it's something that, yeah, it's, 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 it's fascinating because there's so many so many kids like you know way better than me we saw mm-hmm. <laughs> that have got you know access to dual nationality um and are of interest to you know kind of both the federations if they get if they're good enough it did and it's like some other players that just kind of come come to mind I remember the story of Jesse Gonzalez switching back and then not and then yeah. ultimately you know picking the United States and you kind of said it in the beginning, like for us, the fans, you know, why, how could you play for the rival team? But when you get in that mindset and you start thinking about a career and you start, well, we know obviously the level of Liga Mekis and that's where you want to play, but the U.S. is calling or there's camps and you start taking that. I mean, I still have my option and then you, you're ready to make that decision. It's a hard decision to make. Yeah, um, 100%. And, and I think what these players do, like Jesse Gonzalez, I mean, there's no way that is it. You, you, there's no way that you would prefer to play if you would just say, "Which shirt are you going to put on?" Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Which shirt do you want to wear? Like, I'm pretty sure he, he would have he would have picked Mexico all the time. You know, I think he said on a number of occasions. You know, but then again, they leave the door open. I honestly think what they're doing, and and you know, I don't know Jesse Jesse Jesse's case hundred percent, but I'm pretty much he would have looked and thought, okay, Tim Howard, he's old. Brad Kusan, yeah. you know, he's next in line, but he's also quite old. And then after that, what is that? And then he's like, well, you know, I could compete there. And he might have just looked on the Mexican side and thought, well, Ochoa, he's got two World Cups left in him. You know, then we, then there's, you know, Jonathan Orozco and blah, blah, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm pretty sure um, he, he would have... It's that kind of rational decision-making that I think we're seeing that... Um, there's sometimes commentators I don't think really get. You know, there's yeah. this kind of grey area. I think I think it's sometimes portrayed as being kind of really you know black and white, whereas I think in a lot of cases it's it's somewhere in the middle. Yeah, and it, I, I mean, even as, as something personal, it took me a while. You know, I was, I was born in Mexico, I came here, um, and I lived in Mexico, went to school in Mexico, and, and came here, and it, it really took me a while to think, hey, you know. Uh, would I ever accept to play for it, even, even though I was not good enough to play or anything? But for me, it was like never. Even if I won't make it, you know, and it's and if the U.S. came calling, I'm like, no, I'll just shut the door. Even if they're like, we're gonna put you on the first team, right? And then you, you start hearing more about Mexican Americans, um, people like yeah. you know, like Cesar or Amy that are getting to you know know a lot more. Not saying that they're U.S. fans at all. They'll kill me. They're not. <laughs> they're not at all. <laughs> You're in Amy's trouble not now. At all. Um, but there is a loyalty to the country where you're born and for some of us and you know that don't come you know it's like of course there is of course you're gonna have something in the back in there maybe it's uh you know it's not necessarily one to represent that country but at the same time you know mexican americans when people say why how your parents are mexican your family's mexican and they end up playing for the u.s you know, yeah. unless you're in their shoes and they're able to see, think it's straight, and then there's, you know, they're okay with it. And I think on both sides, it's just kind of yelling at each uh, people, how how could you do that? You know, if you really wanted to play, then you should have played. And it's just kind of like silly because we're not yeah. in their shoes. Yeah, no, exactly. And I think, you know, it's in, you know, it was interesting for me this last summer um, during the Gold Cup 
was obviously, you know, I was traveling within the United States and you had the Women's World Cup going mm-hmm. on at the same time. And it was like the Mexican fan, the Mexican, you know, obviously Mexican-American, Mexico fans would support the United States. Even Mexico fans. Like, yeah. not even Mexican-Americans, Mexico fans were supporting the United States. Yeah, I think in the States, yeah. Yeah. But I don't think a Mexican fan in Mexico would... You know, naturally, I think they'd just support the opposite team. Yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, you know, but obviously, but but it's interesting. You know, even even you know our friends. You know what I mean? It's like, and and that that was kind of weird to me. And it, it makes total sense. Don't get me wrong, but it's the first time I've kind of seen it. Yeah, that it's not kind of this kind of. Obviously, on the men's side, it's like it seems like total hatred. Like you you just can't lose. But then when you transfer it to the women's team, and and I think you've. I don't know if you mentioned it before, but, but you know when you watch the Olympics or something, yeah, like would would you cheer for the you know the U.S. guy over the 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 Chinese or the or the Russian or the or the Belgian? You know, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, it's, what, it's what, in you your connect. case, what would you do? Yeah, no, and it's when you connect. I I love swimming and diving. I I swam in in high school and especially here in Phoenix, where it's uphills everywhere. I had friends that actually went to the Olympics right from my from my high school. And part of some some club swimming, like you start cheering for the people that you connect with, and yeah. the story of Michael Phelps is just huge, right? And of course, when he's when he's swimming, I would want him to win. It, and even when you know the medal race, you kind of grew up, and I grew up kind of like in everything. The U.S. always beats us at everything, but when you start realizing, and you're part of that culture, and you start connecting in some ways, it's kind of silly. Right, because you you start attaching the U.S. with politics or the U.S. with something or someone that did, and I think for me growing up, it was well living in Arizona, the hatred or the racism. You kind of put that towards the U.S., and then when you start, you know, living in that, and it's all personal, like I said, but it's yeah. true. I I even was cheering for the U.S. women um, to win, and could be many other reasons. And I even I think I took a a, a poll on Twitter that was kind of like, hey, you know, are, how many of you guys are going to be wanting the women's uh, soccer team to win and many people said yeah yeah it doesn't affect them but when it came when it comes to mexico and and soccer on the men's side it's like all right never <laughs> you know so it's 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 yeah i think it's a it's a personal choice right i mean yeah, i saw no, you I, you're, yeah. you're here at my house when england was playing yeah, <laughs> right? yeah and amy 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 had like the full u.s flag face paint <laughs> you're in trouble uh they're in my house it did not happen guys so i was sat there wrapped in a the star spangled banner but it's a good it's a good conversation to have and yeah no i mean just to quickly on the women's side as well i mean that that's also fascinating for the same kind of you know the identity reasons as well yeah. because you know it's almost the flip side where there's i think I think it's fair to say that on the men's side that, you know, players that maybe wouldn't have had the quality to play for Mexico have picked the, have picked, have been able to play for the United States. It's complete opposite. You know, and, and you look at someone like, you know, Gringo Torres or um, or Michael Orozco, you know, those those kind of players, even Hercules Gomez, mm-hmm. you know, those those players, you know, maybe weren't, weren't at the level to play for the Mexican national team, given the, the, the greatest strength in depth that they've had. Um, even though the results haven't necessarily gone gone the right way for Mexico all the time in the last you know twenty years or so, but um, but yeah, but then on, then you flip it to the women's side and and you get the other the other way around. So you're getting players who you know with full respect might not have had a chance to to play international soccer for the United States because of the strength of that program, 
But then they're offered this window of opportunity with Mexico. Um, and obviously because of the under underdevelopment of the women's game in Mexico, you know, they're at a higher level. So you get a lot of players coming down from from the United States. So, uh, but yeah, but I mean, you know, if you talk about a player um, who, for me, the number one who could have made a difference, you know, if you say which player who played for one could have made the difference from the other, that realistically could have played for the other. Because I mean, I mean, this is the thing I was thinking about the other day, but, you know, like, Carlos Bocanegra, mm-hmm. he, he's, he's like, U.S. legend, like, captain for... He could have played for Mexico, you know what I mean? But it was, like, never... That was never in the conversation, you know what I mean? I think his father's from Mexico, so I think, you know, he could have played. So so there are, like, incidences that you don't... They don't necessarily... Because they didn't make a big deal mind. about it. Yeah, exactly. And or, it was never really on the agenda that he might play for Mexico, you know what I mean? He was just American... I think just very root, you know what I mean. Didn't have much links with Mexico, and and that was that. But, but you know, like, uh, but yeah, the player that I think has made the biggest that could have made the biggest difference to the other is Sofia Huerta from, and I watched her play the other, the other night on Saturday here in um, for for Houston Dash against Portland Thorns, and she's absolutely quality. You know, and I think you put her in that Mexican team and, and she'll instantly make it better. Mm-hmm. And obviously she was playing for the Mexican national team and switched to the United States. Uh, I, think, I believe her father is, is Mexican, but um, but she, you know, she didn't make the World Cup. And you just think, you know, if she'd have still been playing for Mexico, would Mexico have made the World Cup? You know what I mean? Would she have made that difference in the game against, against Jamaica? And I think it, it's entirely reasonable to think that um, she would have had you know, a positive impact, but, you know, what can you do? True, true. I mean, and look at all the ones that kind of switched over and not to switch, you know, kind of on the men's side, right? The, I guess the Yarbroughs and Jesse Gonzalez switched over and the U.S. didn't make the World Cup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so no. it kind of goes... Yeah, and, 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 you know, Jonathan Gonzalez switches over. Um, you know, I don't think the, the World Cup was the main reason. No. But it was there. Yeah. You know, the World Cup was there and the World Cup wasn't there for the United States. So that, that also it, factors into it. Well, it, it is a factor. Is it, is it a, is it a positive or negative? Because if you have, let's say if, it, if, if, you, if the U S isn't doing great, we know that the U S isn't doing great at the moment. Do you have more of a chance to make it on that team? Or if Mexico's doing really good, are you going to have a chance to make it on that team? It's kind of, it's a hard decision because are you taking it? Well, I might make it to go and go to the world cup with the U S cause they're sucking right now. Or I'm going to go with this team because they're better and they're going to make it to the World Cup, but I might not make it because the level of competition is bigger. Yeah, I mean, if you're ambitious, then you want to be, you want to go with the best one and you want to <laughs> well, go and try and, who isn't try and amb- win the World Cup. Who isn't ambitious? But then your head comes in and goes, hold on a second. There's Pizarro, Jonathan, you know, uh, Dos Santos, there's Chucky. It's like if you're, if you're a striker, you're like, yeah. I should be playing in Europe if I'm going to get a chance to play with the Mexican national team and start as a forward. Yeah. No, yeah, I mean, I think Jonathan Gonzalez as well. I think that's his that's he his said goal. That. He said every, that. Every, yeah, and he said it in the interview today. And I think, I think every time basically I've spoken to him, he's like, you know, but I, I, I think the clause is quite high. Um, and I think the bottom line now for Jonathan Gonzalez is he needs to get those minutes. Um, I think you know Monterrey's kind of the styles changed a little bit. I was looking at some of the stats the other day, and you know, they've had much more possession this season. And I, and I think Jonathan. He's he's one of those modern, modern central midfielders that kind of I don't know just very good at at pressing. You know what I mean? Just absolutely intense in his press, um, and I think that's 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 his a real strength of his. Um, and I think that. Um, 
but you need to be playing in a team that kind of fits that system. And I don't know. I'm not. And I'm not exaggerating when I say that I think Monterrey missed him. You know, because they've not had that. They've almost got too many kind of you know attack-minded players some of the times. And I think Jonathan Gonzalez kind of brought that little bit of glue, that like kind of work rate that uh, that helped the team. But um, but yeah, no hope. We'll we'll see if he gets minutes between now and uh, and the end of the year because I'm sure his goal apart from with the Mexican national team, will be to become a starter again for Monterrey and then play those big games. You know, if if, if Monterrey play against Liverpool, yeah. be on the field when, you know, Europe, European teams are watching. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting to, to talk to him about that, you know, on a dream come true. So um, interesting talk there with, with Jonathan Gonzalez. A little different for you guys today. Normally we, you know, we talk about a, a wrap-up of, of Liga Mekis and it's it's... Now there's, you know, there's plenty of topics to talk about, but the opportunity to us to, to talk about this, especially with a player like Jonathan Gonzalez, and um, you know, we we wanted to make a little difference. So um, we're gonna we're gonna end it there, guys. Um, there is the Clásico Nacional that's coming up, uh, which uh, I think Tom you'll be a part of. Um, so I'm sure we'll 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 get uh, a little bit at least a mini pod there from Tom. Um, there's a lot happening, especially with Liga MX this week and, and the game. So definitely we have tons to talk, talk, talk about as far as the bufanda really quick from last week, for those of you guys that were listening all the way to the show, I was, uh, I gave away two bufandas from the gold cup and I do have, um, the winners. So I will be either emailing you to make sure that, you know, you got that, my confirmation. But uh, for those of you guys that don't know, we did do a quick um, uh, little giveaway. You gave me a number. And if you got close to it, the two people that close to the to that number got a nice little gift for me. And the number was 59. And we actually had a fan. His name is Arturo Rivera, who said 60. And he's from Los Angeles. So, Arturo Rivera, you'll be getting a nice little bufanda from the Gold Cup. And there is one more. I'm looking at it um, as the, the names uh, that were close to that. So, I'm going to go through all the names because we had a lot of different people. But I know that nobody really hit it on the head, but it was 59. So, there you go, Arturo Rivera. You won, and you'll be expecting. You'll, I'll, I'll reach out to you for your address, and there, there's another person that actually won. So, I'll make sure to reach out to you, too. So, that's it. Tom, I hope you have a... A good time there in Portland, uh, and uh, make sure you go to all the uh, the good spots that John and Cesar and everyone recommended. Yep, I'll uh, I'll be checking out some craft breweries. <laughs> there you go. So <laughs> if you uh, if you're in Portland or you know some good spots, Mr. Tom Marshall, he's there. You know, take uh, give him some suggestions that you're there. You listen to the Mexican Soccer Show. Thank you for following us on all of our social media handles if you have any questions or what do you think about the story today with the dual nationals uh don't forget to tweet at us and we'll uh, we'll be there and retweet and continue this conversation we'll be back next week on uh this what we call the mexican soccer show hasta la próxima <laughs>